Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www.thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. When I tell y'all I'm excited about this, this preaching, teaching series that we're launching today, um, I'm, always, I'm always passionate about what I share whether it's in a Sunday morning sermon or a Bible study, what have you. But uh, this one is, uh, I mean, it's sweet to me. Uh, so we're, we're launching a new series today entitled Faith for the Journey. Faith for the Journey. Faith for the Journey. And um, I haven't been consistently giving us themes for the year. You hear a lot of pastors talk about this is the year of the double and this is the year of the increase and this is the year of this and that. I feel like whatever God is doing, he can do it whenever he want to do it. I ain't got to wait till a given year. But uh, this year, I want us to focus on this for a theme, or at least it's a theme for now. Uh, The theme for now, walk by faith. Very simple, straight from the word. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. Um, I know I'm, I'm working on my faith, Maurice. I'm working on mine. And so this particular sermon, uh, preaching, teaching series is uh, very personal for me because of where I am in my journey with the Lord. And I'm going to assume that maybe at least one of y'all may need to re-examine your journey, re-examine your faith and what you're believing God for, what you've stopped believing God for. Uh, And so I just want us to really focus on our journey and our faith. And so Faith for the Journey, this series that we're launching today is very near and dear to my heart. I hope it blesses you as much as I believe is going to bless me. Amen. And so to help us really cement this, uh, this, this notion, this reality, this concept, uh, we're, we're using some bulletin boards in the back of the church in the annex for sort of like a prayer wall. If you go on the annex this afternoon after the benediction, or this morning after the benediction, you'll see some little post-it notes, index cards, where you can write down a prayer request and post it to that bulletin board. And I want us as a congregation to pray uh, about and pray unto God regarding those, those prayer requests. Now, you don't have to go in the annex to pray over those prayer requests. You can, whenever you're praying, God, you know what's written down on that bulletin board. You know who wrote it down and why, and even the stuff that's not written down, God, we just believe in you. Uh, I, I, want you to, I want you to write down your prayer requests, whether it's for a loved one's salvation or healing in your own body, healing in your mind, healing over past hurts. Uh, I would really love, and you don't have to put your name on them. They can, be, they can be anonymous unless you want to write your name. You don't have to write your name. But I, I would really love to, Stop and read some of those uh, prayer requests and, and read of what are you expecting God to do this year? 
I really would love to read about what you are expecting God to do. In 2023, I'm expecting God to, and write that down. And I really, really would love to read some of what you're expecting God to do in your church. And go beyond. I'm expecting God to bless. I'm expecting God to have his way. I mean, something specific. I'm I'm expecting God to, to bless our young people to be strong in him and in the power of his might. I'm expecting families that are on the verge of collapsing to to come back together just something specific on those prayer requests and as those prayers are answered we're going to put prayer requests on one board and then as those prayers are answered uh correct me if i'm wrong jan there's another bulletin board for praise request for praise reports so those prayers are answered we're going to move them to another bulletin board and celebrating how god has answered your prayer and hopefully by december 31st all of us can put one up there and say I made it. <laughs> well, next Sunday, I made it. I made it to the. But but let's 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 put this together. Uh, use this together. Um, I, I want us as a church family uh, to stand together in in working on our faith, working on our faith um, as individuals and as a corporate body. Um, I, I even want to challenge us what we should be believing God for as a church family, some corporate prayer requests. And uh, you may be hearing more about that in the days to come. All right. So, so faith is, is the thing. Uh, faith for the journey. And Jan, thank you so much for this bulletin cover. This is dope. Thank you so much for this. Um, I want this to envelop as much of our culture uh, as, as possible. Faith for the journey and using as a theme the, that's the title of the sermon. That's the title of the preaching teaching series, Faith for the Journey. But, but the theme I want us to really embrace is walk by faith. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. If your faith doesn't need any kind of enhancement, enrichment, then, then pray for your poor, feeble little pastor. Then pray. We just going to pray for our pal. He needs some help with his faith. Mine don't lock. I'm going to help my pastor with his faith. Because I believe God. I'm just going to help my little pastor with his little faith. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. One of the scriptures I asked you to look at during this past week. To all of our guests, we bless God for each and every one of you. Those of you in the sanctuary. Those of you streaming with us, we thank God for all of our guests. One of my co-workers from Perry Ellis is here. Uh, Demetia Smith-Henry. Thank you for worshiping with us. You and your family, we bless God uh, for you. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Now, once you find Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, uh, I'm going to read this verse. Then I want you to keep your Bibles open because we have to take a glance at uh, Habakkuk chapter 1. And um, I'm going to tell you now, I'm reading a whole chapter, <laughs> chapter 1. But right now to get us started, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. I'm going to read this from the King James Version, and here's what we find. Behold, his, fa- his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. One more time. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up. Is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his or her faith. Amen. Amen. I want to talk simply from the thought today, the just shall live by faith. 
The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We don't know much about Habakkuk's journey. There's not much known about the prophet Habakkuk. Unlike uh, Jeremiah, with Jeremiah's written prophecy is very biographical. We can learn a lot about Jeremiah's life by reading the writings of Jeremiah. We don't know much about the background of Habakkuk. But we know enough in reading his book, in reading this, this prophecy that bears his name, that his journey has come to a place where he's puzzled. He's wrestling with something. And I love to have conversations with people who wrestle, wrestle with something, to, to understand it, to, to, try to, to try to get into it and, and find out what is it really saying. I, I love to have conversations with people who wrestle. People who know everything turn me off. Oh, okay. Oh. And there are some people, they know everything. Anything wrong with you, they got a remedy for it. Any problem, they tell you what you need to do. And Habakkuk is puzzled. He's, he's wrestling. Uh, he, he's troubled by how, how, much, how much evil and wickedness he sees around him amongst God's people. He's troubled. He's, he's wrestling. He's puzzled because he, he doesn't understand how a righteous, holy God could look on this and, and just let it go. But to take it a step further, Habakkuk, as we're going to see when we look at chapter 1, if you could make it with Habakkuk chapter 1 real quick, we're going to see that Habakkuk is puzzled because God is not only letting all of this sin, evil, wickedness, corruption, injustice, just letting it go, but God is about to raise up the enemies of the people of God, the, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, uh, raise them up to come and, and conquer Judah. Isaiah has already been conquered, but, but now uh, Habakkuk is, is puzzled because God's people are getting away with all kinds of wickedness, and now God is about to raise up people more wicked than his people to chastise his people. Habakkuk is like the worst of us is better than the best of them. And you about to raise up them when you, you can't stand sin, you can't stand wickedness, you can't stand evil, but you about to use these folk to correct your folk. Habakkuk can't understand it. Look at Habakkuk chapter one, I'm gonna start at verse two. Habakkuk chapter one, verse two, and I started to, to try and summarize chapter one, and I kinda sorta just did. And I, I wanted to just summarize it and move on. But I want, you to, I, I want you to hear this for yourself directly from uh, the pen of Habakkuk. And, and I know all of y'all already read Habakkuk chapter 1. I know, it's, I know you almost memorized Habakkuk chapter 1. But to get an understanding of why Habakkuk is puzzled and why he's wrestling, look at what he says. In Habakkuk chapter 1, I think this might be the New Living Translation. I'm, I'm going to share this part. Uh, this might be, might be the New Living Translation. Verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. I wonder if that sounds like some of y'all. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. 
I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. How many of y'all said that? <laughs> I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Verse 4, the law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. Black people, black people know what that feel like. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Here's the Lord's reply to Habakkuk, verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed. Look and be amazed. Don't look and be discouraged. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. In other words, I know you see the misery. I know you see the evil. I know you see the wickedness. But, but I'm already at work right, in, right where you are. You can't see it. Well, you, know, you want to know one thing I've learned in my journey? There are some things God can be doing right in front of your face that you will miss unless you go looking for it. God told Habakkuk, I'm, I'm already at work. You, I'm, I'm already moving. You can't see it. You don't, you don't notice it. And I don't wonder how many of us miserable because God is moving. You don't notice it. Verse 5, one more time, look, the Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed. Don't look and be discouraged, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I am raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. This is God speaking. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs. That's fast. And fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from, charge from far away. Like eagles, they swoop down to devour their prey. On they come, all bent on violence. They come into town ready to kill. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. In other words, people who are powerful, people who are powerful in politics, people who are powerful in wealth and have all kinds of influence, they, they, they laugh at y'all. We're we going to take all y'all out. Y'all don't, don't have a military big enough to keep us from taking out your kids. We're we going to take y'all, all of y'all for all armed forces, all your political leaders. We're taking all of them out. They ain't got none. You, you, there's, you're no match for us. This is God speaking. Verse 11. Verse 11. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty. For their own strength is their God. These are the kinds of people I'm going to use to check my people. Their own strength is their God. So here's Habakkuk back at God in verse 12. Verse 12. Here's what Habakkuk says to God. O Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh, Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. But you are pure. Here's the wrestle. Here's the, here's the tension. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked uh, swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? 
Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquests? So then at the beginning of verse 2, I'm not going to read, at the beginning of chapter 2, beginning of chapter 2, God comes back to Habakkuk and tells him to write the vision and make it plain. That he who runs, uh, that he who reads it may run with it. So there, there are different ways to interpret that, but a common understanding is write down the vision in big, bold letters so everybody can see it. Write down what I'm going to do in big, bold, put it on the biggest billboard you can find in the biggest letters that you can find. Write it down where everybody can see it, where somebody is even running, as fast as they're running, they can still read what you've written down. Or if they're, if they're riding a bike, as fast as they ride, they still, when they look up, they can, they can read what's on that billboard. I want you to read it so that, so that not only that whoever runs past it can't miss it, they can read it, but whoever reads it can run on with a sense of, ur- with a sense of inspired urgency. Write down what I'm about to do. Write down. You, you worried about what you don't see me doing right now. I'm working. You don't notice it, but I'm at work right now in front of your face. You don't notice it, but I'm at work right now. And that's what God is saying to somebody sitting in here today. All you see is negativity. All you see is stuff that brings you down. All you see is stuff that keeps you discouraged. All you see is stuff that keeps you miserable. All you see in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your neighborhood, in your country. All you see is stuff that keeps you complaining, stuff that keeps you angry stuff that keeps you mad and God is saying I'm at work you may not notice it but I am at work and I want you to write down what I'm going to do if you write it down then that sort of holds me to it I'm going to do it anyway but write it down so everybody can see what I'm it ain't going to be no secret it's not going to be a secret between me and you write it down so I want everybody to know yeah if you want to call yourself holding me accountable call yourself holding me accountable write it down I'm going to do it I'm going to do it. So then in verse 4, Habakkuk, Habakkuk proclaims uh, his soul, the soul of the Chaldeans, the soul of those who, who, who ain't studying God, those who don't trust God, those who don't even believe in God at all, those who, who trust their own nets, their own strength, their own wealth, their own political connections, uh, their, their own money, their, their, the, the, the powerful people that they know, those who, who, who trust in all of that, their soul which is lifted up, puffed up, swollen, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his or her faith. That, that, that word just, let me hear you say just. That word just means righteous. It means lawful. It means one who is righteous. They, they do what's right. They do what's right in terms of how they govern themselves, how they, how they live, how they treat folk. They, they do what's right. They don't take advantage of, 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 of weak people. They don't take advantage of people who don't have as much as they have, who, who don't know the rules of the game. They don't, they don't oppress people. They don't abuse people. They, they're, they're good people. They're righteous people. The just shall live by his faith. They're just. They, uh, they, they do what's right. They're, they do what's correct. Habakkuk contrasts the just over against the prideful. Behold, his soul, verse 4 again, chapter 2, verse 4. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. Lifted up to be, to be swollen, to be swollen with pride, to be heedless. To live a lifestyle of 
heedlessness. They, they ain't got no rules. They don't, have it. they don't have a code. They'll do anything to anybody, anywhere, anytime. They don't care. They don't care. They, they have a code that's worse than a six-year-old child deliberately shooting his school teacher. They got a code worse than that. They got a code where they, they'd heard the story. They wouldn't have been appalled. They'd be like, I'd have shot her. I would have shot her too. Yeah. They, they have a code where there, there's, no, there's no rules. There are no boundaries to the evil they would commit. His soul, which is lifted up, he's heedless. No rules, no boundaries. They'll do anything. They'll say anything to anybody. They, they'll kill anybody. They don't, they don't care. There are no laws. There are no boundaries. No no, there's nothing is out of bounds for them. Habakkuk goes on to say, the soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. It's not straight. It's not level. Uh, 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 it's, it's, it's not correct in the eyes of God. It's not right in the eyes of God. In fact, most people would not deem how they live to be right. Are y'all with me so far? So Habakkuk contrasts the folk who have no rules. They'll say anything. They'll post anything. They'll wear anything. They'll do anything. They'll do anything to anybody. They'll, they'll, they'll kill their own mother. They'll kill their own father. They'll kill their spouse. They'll kill their children. There's, there's no code. They'll, they don't care. They don't care. He says, in contrast to that type of living, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. What does this say to us as we move forward along life's journey in 2023? Two things this text says to us, we're going to raise up. Two things, two things. Two things Habakkuk is saying. The first thing Habakkuk is saying to us as we strive to journey forward in 2023. The first thing Habakkuk says to us is, the just shall live by faith. That's the first thing. First thing he says, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by faith, by faith, by faith. This word can also uh, mean or act, could be more, more accurately interpreted. The just shall live by his faithfulness. It's a, it's a faithfulness. It's, it's a trust in God. It, faith, y'all, we know Hebrews 11.1 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith boils down to trusting God. Is trusting an invisible God, is trusting him to, to, first of all, to exist. It is trusting God to, to truly exist and, and to be good and to be righteous and to be holy, uh, to be sovereign. He's in control. He, he really does cause all things to work together for good for all of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. His faith is trusting him. Uh, we've, we've never seen him. We don't have any pictures of him. We don't know what he looks like. Uh, but, but we know he is. How many of y'all know God is? Never seen him. You, you don't have a picture of him. He doesn't have his own Instagram. He doesn't have his own TikTok. But, but we believe he is. Listen, our trust in him is so deep, even though we can't see him, we believe he sees us. Yeah, and some of us, we find security in that. We, we, that's how we know we're going to be all right. I can't see him, but I know he sees me. 
Anybody find any security in that? You don't see him, but you know he sees you. I've never seen God's ear. I've never, I've never seen the ear of God, but I know he can hear. I know he hears me when I call. I, I, I know he hears my prayer requests. I know that he hears the, the, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. I, I, I believe that by faith. God never told me, Clark, I heard you. He never sent me a text, Clark, I heard you. He never even spoke to me in a dream, Clark, I heard you. I just believe by faith, he hears me. It's trust. It's trust in an invisible God we, we do not see. We believe he is, and we believe in certain qualities about him. It's faith in who God is. The just shall live by faith in who God is. This faith in who God is is a faith that helps us to remain faithful. And that's Habakkuk's, that's Habakkuk's goal. Remember in chapter 1, Habakkuk was complaining, are you going to wipe out everybody? Are, are you going to wipe out everybody? Is this going to last forever? The Chaldeans, the Babylonians coming to, to conquer us, is it going to last forever? Over and over in chapter 1, Habakkuk is concerned that these folks are going to wipe all of us out. We'll be gone forever. I wonder who in here is worried about something where you're going to be miserable forever. And I wonder who, who in here can, cannot see the expiration date to something that you're dealing with. Now, there are some things that's not going to change. There are some things that we cannot reverse. There are some things in life that we can't turn around. Oh, if only we could reverse aging. If only. If, if, if only. There are some things, it is what it is. You just got to deal with it and be grateful. If God bless you to see another day, Elder Reagan. Just be grateful you got another day. Another day with back pain. Another day with migraines. Another day with allergies. Another day with arthritis. Another day with gout. Another day with shingles. Another day. But I want to know, somebody in here needs to believe that something you're dealing with by faith, you got to believe there's an expiration date on this. And I'm going to hold on until this expires. I declare an expiration date on my depression, an expiration date on, somebody needs to proclaim, an expiration date on your anxiety, on your depression, on your loneliness, on your guilt, on your shame, on your giving in to lust, on your giving in to jealousy, on your giving in to sin, on your giving in to flesh. Somebody needs to declare, I declare an expiration date. Habakkuk is concerned, is this ever going to end? And, and you got to have a faith in God that makes you faithful. I'm going to be faithful until this is over. Habakkuk was trying to have faith in God. Watch this. Uh, he was trying to have faith in God that he would see as, as a righteous God. I'm trying to trust you, but I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm seeing some stuff that's happening in my life and around me where I'm trying to trust you, but I'm, I cannot reconcile how this can be happening and, and you just letting it happen. Now, I know some of y'all have outgrown that kind of thinking and outgrown that kind of perplexity, but, but, but for some of us, who see certain things happening in the earth, see certain things happening in our lives, we see certain things happening in, in our families, in, in our churches, in our communities, and we're wondering, how could a righteous God let this go? How, how, could, how could a righteous God raise up those folk 
who ain't no better, who way more wicked than us. Can I say it like I want? Who way more wickeder. Where on my worst day, I'm living better than them on their best day. How, how can God raise them up to punish me? How could he raise them up to punish us? How, 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 could, he, how, how could he raise them up when their eggs only a dollar a dozen? Here I am Googling how to build a chicken coop. These egg prices, come on now, y'all know. These egg prices putting me through, man, we've come through gas, and the gas still way too high, but it's not as high as it was. But now, now we, now we got to endure the, the egg prices. And Habakkuk is like, Clark, Clark, man, you ain't going to believe the Chaldeans and Babylonians. I heard their eggs only a dollar a dozen. As wicked and mean and nasty and violent and ugly as they are. And, and even amongst his own people, wicked, violent, unjust, mean, nasty, cruel. And God, a righteous God who hates sin, is raising them up to chastise us. There, there, there has to be something where all of us trust Trust a righteous and invisible righteous God. Because the question is this. The question is this. Having faith in God necessitates, requires that I find God trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not just faith that's, that's just out there. It's, it's faith in I'm trusting a God that, that I have found to be trustworthy. And that's a part of, that's a significant part of our journey where, where we go through things and we, we understand the word of God. And we, 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 we understand what he said in his word, but we see him doing stuff in the earth that confirms his word and, uh, and, and, and makes it easier for you and I to trust him. Are y'all with me? I mean, you trusted somebody you ain't never seen. You trusted somebody, you can't, you, you can't just call him and get him on the phone. I mean, he's on the main line. You can call him up and what? Tell him what you want. <laughs> but he ain't got no number. You can't get them digits from God. And I know some of y'all have conversations with God. When you ask God something, he responds right back. He replies immediately. You ask God, he replies immediately. Me and God ain't getting down like that. But I know he is. And I know he exists. I know God is trustworthy. I know his holiness makes him trustworthy. His righteousness makes him trustworthy. His being eternal makes him trustworthy. His, his being just makes him trustworthy. Watch this. His being merciful makes him trustworthy. His, his graciousness makes him trustworthy. And even though we may have a problem with what they're getting away with, when I look at all the stuff I've gotten away with, I know I'm not the only one. Y'all can sit there all y'all want. I know I'm not, uh, I know I'm not the only one who, who's puzzled by all the stuff I've gotten away with. Well, all the stuff I've done, Reagan, I'm still here. Yeah. All the foolishness I've done and I'm still here. All the messes I made and I'm still here. 
That ought, to, that ought to help somebody see just how good and trustworthy and merciful and gracious and righteous God is. It don't make no sense for me to still be here, but because he's so gracious. So, so Habakkuk is saying the just shall live by faith. I ain't never seen him. I, I, can't, I, I, I don't know what he looks like. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I know he's everywhere all at the same time, but it's a matter of faith. I'm trusting in him. I'm trusting, I'm trusting him to be righteous. I'm trusting him to be gracious. I'm trusting him to be merciful. So a part of Habakkuk's challenge is to not see the God, to not see God as the God who when he gets angry with even his own people, he's going to destroy and wipe them out. Sometimes the God that we trust is being, is being gracious, even being gracious with folk we don't like. If he could be gracious with you, if he could be gracious with me, if he could be merciful to you, if he could be merciful to me, why can't he be merciful to people we don't like? It's a, it's a trust. It's trust in an invisible, trustworthy God. What makes him trustworthy? I've heard his word. I've heard his promises. I've seen enough of them to come to pass to, to deem him to be, to be real. I deem him to, be, uh, to, to, to exist. I believe he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I trust him. If the truth is told, if the truth is told, if the truth is told, a lot of us believe in God because we were raised to believe in God. Habakkuk is wrestling. He's wrestling with something that a lot of us probably take for granted. You believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. You don't believe in God? Why do you believe in God? I was raised to believe in God. We, we were brought up to believe in God. But I wonder how many of us had some experiences along the way where we had to find out for ourselves that what the mothers and them were talking about, they knew what they were talking about. I wonder how many of us had to, how, how, how many of us had to find out the hard way that what the mothers and the deacons and the preachers and the pastors and, 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 and all them folk, they, they knew what they were talking about when they told you, if you're trusting He'll move mountains on your behalf if, if you wait on him. <laughs> Had to find out for myself. Had to find out on my own. Had to find out when I bumped my own head. Had to find out when I got knocked down on my own. Anybody understand what I... Had to find out for myself. When I had to find out for myself, everybody smiling in your face ain't your friend. Had to find out for myself. He will open doors no man can shut. Had to find out for myself. If you sick, he can heal you and make you well. Had to find out for myself. He will fight your battles. I had to find out for myself. Put his word to the test. I found out. And so I, I deem God trustworthy. The just shall live by faith. Faith in, in who God is, who God is. And then the second thing I want to, I want to point out here in the same point, the just shall live by faith, is not only faith in, in who God is, but faith in what God said. Faith in who God is and faith in what God said. Here's Habakkuk's problem. Here's, here's the tension. Habakkuk is like, I know what you said. I know what you promised. But it's been so long. Been a long time. But Habakkuk, they that wait, I don't want to hear that. I, I really don't. Y'all can't, can't relate to me and Habakkuk, y'all. When you've been waiting so long, you don't need nobody telling you they that wait. 
on the Lord shall renew their strength. I know what it's like to wait on the Lord so long you're drained. You're tired. Tired of trying, tired from trying. You know what the word says, but you're tired. I know what that's like. I know y'all don't know nothing about that. Habakkuk, what's the problem? It's been so long. How much longer? How much longer will I have to wait? That's Habakkuk's problem. Habakkuk, Habakkuk is, Clark, man, how much, how much longer will I have to wait until he finally answers me? How much longer will I have to wait until I see what he said come to pass? How much longer will I have to, Habakkuk, I wish I could, what am I supposed, I don't know, about. I don't know, I know what it's like, I don't. Stay in the word, just stand on the word, just stand on, just meditate on the word, repeat the word, just stand on the word, just pray. I've been doing that. You just got to believe. I, I'm, I've, I've tried. Faith in what God said. Even after it's been so long. I, um, this week I actually looked up if there's such a thing. How many of y'all ever heard of compassion fatigue? How many of y'all ever heard of compassion? Compassion fatigue is when you've been compassionate, you've been caring for others and caring about stuff for so long where it physically wears you out. Uh, caregivers can experience compassion fatigue. Uh, counselors, people in, in counseling professions can experience compassion fatigue where your profession is where you're listening to people's problems over and over, day in and day out. Your, your profession, your, your, your job is to listen to people's problems. It can wear you out. You can come to a point where you experience compassion fatigue. I've wondered if there's such a thing as faith fatigue. And I didn't think it was until I Googled it. I Googled faith fatigue and found out it is a thing. You can, you can believe God for a thing so long to where it end, you end up just getting worn out waiting and trying and believing. And I think that's what Habakkuk is experiencing. He's experiencing faith fatigue. What do you do when you, when you have faith fatigue? God told Habakkuk, write it down. Write down what I said I'm going to do. Write down the future I told you I'm going to manifest. I want you to write down what I said I'm going to do. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge. You write it down. You keep reading it. And it still doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. The question then becomes, can you trust God even if in the back of your mind you got a strong feeling that what you're looking for is not going to manifest in your lifetime but you still believe it you're still trying for it you're still working on it you're still working toward it I don't I really don't think I'm gonna live long enough to see this thing that God spoke into my life but I know he spoke it and I, 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 I'm certain he's gonna bring it to pass to me that's worship that's that's real worship real worship is when is when I, I can love God and adore God even if, even if there are some things I'm believing he's going to do that I'm not going to personally benefit from. I just, I'll worship him because he's worthy. <laughs> I, I adore him because he's worthy. It, 
pure worship, worship from a pure heart. The blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure worship is when I'm just giving God what he deserves. I'm not expecting anything in return. I'm just, I'm just worshiping him, adoring him because he, he deserves it. Habakkuk is challenged to exercise a faith in God doing a thing that may not happen in his, that, that's probably not going to happen in his lifetime. But remember what God said in, in Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, around verse 2, verse 3. He said, he said, the vision is going to happen in the end. The vision is going to happen in the end. There is an end to all of this you see. Let me plant this seed in everybody before you, before you 100% tune me out. All of what we see happening in earth, there's an end to it. All of this is going to end. All, all of it. All Life as we know it one day is coming to an end. God said it's going to end. Are y'all with me? It's gonna, all of this is going to end. It's going to end. Uh, gonna be, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. All of this is going to come to an end. We won't have to worry about who's the speaker of the house. We won't have to worry about who's going to represent us in the Senate. We won't have to worry about who's going to occupy the Oval Office. We won't have to worry about any more insurrections. We won't have to worry about what folk getting away. We won't have to worry about greed and, and who's in control. We won't have to worry about racism. We won't have to worry about sexism. We won't have to worry about whether or not abortion is going to be legal or illegal. We won't have to worry about none of that. We won't have to worry about what's going to happen with immigrants we want to worry about none of that because one day all of this is going to end we want to worry about whether or not we got enough money to pay our light bills we want to worry about what we going to whether we have enough money to pay rent or mortgages one day we want to worry about why folk keep lying to us or people keep lying to it we want to worry about none of that because one day all of this is going to end we want to worry about whether or not the chemo is going to work we want to worry about whether or not we got to have another round of radiation we want to worry about no more death no more dying no more burials no more grief no more sympathy we want to worry about none of that because one day all of this is going to end. I don't care how much Gucci you got to. All this is going to end. I don't care how many sneakers you got. All this is going to end. I don't care how many toys you got. He who has the most toys wins. No. He who has the most toys is going to see his toys burn up. Because one day all of this is going to end. God is trying to assure, assure Habakkuk, you're worrying about stuff that's temporal. You're worrying about stuff that I already got an expiration date for it. All of this is going to end. Write it down. Write it down so that it inspires whoever, anybody can run by it. And no matter how fast they're going, they can see it. No matter how fast they're going, they can see it and be inspired to keep on running. It's faith in what God said. And I think that's what has to help our faith. I have to remind myself of what God said. I got to meditate on what God said. Even in my, on my weakest days, my weakest seasons, even when people are trying to remind me of what God said, there's something has to happen in my prayer life, in my praise life, in my meditation. I got to remind myself of what God said. I know what I see, but I know what he said. I know what I see, and it contrasts what he said. I know what God said. They call me crazy, but I know what he said. They call me stupid, but I know what he said. They call me foolish, but I know what he said. I know things are getting worse, but I know what he said. I'm still believing. I'm going to see what he said. And I wonder if there's anybody here who's experiencing faith fatigue, and you can't talk to folks because folks don't understand because they act like they got so much faith and got it on lock. Well, no matter what they go through, they just trust in God, and they move in mountains every day. No matter what happens, they fight in every battle and win. Listen, listen, I, I want to talk to somebody who struggles like me, and I want to remind you, remind yourself of what God said. 
instead of giving up, spend time in his word, spend time on his promises. Remind yourself what he said and believe that he meant what he said when he said what he said, that he had every intention of doing what he said when he said what he said, and that he's big and bad enough to do what he said. Your age can't keep him from doing it. Your credit score can't keep him from doing it. Your lifestyle can't keep him from doing it. When God makes a promise, when God says something, when God come, when words come out of God's mouth, he has every intention of doing what he said. I'm tired, I'm drained, I'm depleted, but I remember what he said. I'm going to trust him to do what he said. Seemed like it would have happened by now. Yep, seemed like it would have happened by now, but listen. I'm going to believe him to do what he said. Maybe that's why you made it. <laughs> maybe that's why you made it. Maybe, maybe you made it because God says, I just want to get you one day closer to seeing what I said. And maybe that needs to be what you post on Facebook. Maybe that's what you need to put on Instagram. I'm going to see what he said. I'm going, I'm going to see the day is going to come where I'm going to see what he said. So this faith. The just shall live by faith. That's our lifestyle. We believe what he said. It drives our choices. Why won't you take, why won't you take that job? Why won't you put in for that? Why won't you? Because I'll, I'll remember what he said. What he said drives my choices. In contrast to, the, to the, those who are, who are not upright, those whose souls are not upright, they're, they're driven by what they want. They're driven by what they want. They just, they just want what they want. They don't care if it's right. They, don't, they just want what they want. We, as the people of God, the just, the, those who are so driven by God, we're driven by what God said. No, I'm not going to retaliate. He said not to do that. No, I'm not going to be vindictive. He said vengeance is mine. I'm going to trust him to get them. I'm going to trust him to get them. Now, in the back of your mind, you're like, but they got one more time. I swear they got one more They got one more if they catch me on the wrong day, I swear. I'm going to trust God to handle it. It's faith in what he said. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Would you say that with me? The just shall live by faith. Got to put a little pause in there. Put a little sila in there. Say it like I'm saying it. Come on, say it with me. The just shall live by faith. One more time. The just shall live by faith. That's my first point. Here's my second point. It's going gonna, it's gonna to knock you off your feet. You ain't going to believe this. Here's my second point. The second point is the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That's what you said. No, the first point was the just shall live by faith. The second point is the just shall live by faith. One more time. Hebrews, Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2 and 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk, what are you saying? Those who are, who, who souls uh, are lifted up and not upright in him, those who live by pride, those who live by what they want. They're driven by what they want. They're, they don't have any rules. They don't have any boundaries. They don't have any code. They, they don't care about what's right or wrong. They'll do anything, shoot anybody, kill anybody. They don't care. They're going to die. They're going to perish. But the just shall live by faith. If they're faithful, God is going to wipe out even amongst his own people who, who ain't doing right, those who have given up on him, those who live like the wicked. They're going to perish. Habakkuk's concern in Habakkuk chapter 1 was, 
Are you going to wipe out all of your people? You're going you're to wipe out all your folk? And, and he's telling Habakkuk here, he's saying, no, not all of them. The just shall live. They're going to make it. They're going to endure. I'm going to keep them because of their faith. I'm going to, I, I'm going to take care of them because of their faith. Because, because, of their, because they trust me, I'm going to put a hedge of protection around them. Because, because they won't let go of what I said, I'm going to, I'm going to preserve them. Because, because they won't let go of my promise, I'm, I'm going to keep them. I'm, I'm going to watch over them. I'm going to make sure my angels are encamped around about them. While, they, while everybody else is, is dying, I'm going to keep them. The just shall live by faith. Let me ask y'all a question. What does it mean to you to live? What does it mean to you to live? What does it mean? Because if, 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 if living to you means getting more stuff, getting more things, living how you want, living how you like, doing you, got to be careful with that. I'm just going to do me. Got to be careful with that now. I'm going, you, if anything, we need to do the Christ in us. Baby, I'm just going to do me. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do me. Well, you need to be careful with that now. Yeah. What does it mean to you to live? Habakkuk would tell us to live means, means that, that the word of God, the promises of God, the commandments of God determines how you live, what you believe, what you choose, how you think, how you draw conclusions, how you interpret what you see in the world, what you see in the earth, what you see in your community, what you see in the justice, justice system, what you see all around you. What, what, what it means to live is I can see God's hand at work or I see no sign of God working, but I still believe by faith he's at work. And that guy's my choices. That, 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 that influences my lifestyle. It's because of what God said. Yeah, I see what the world is doing. I see what even some saints are deeming to be okay. No, based on what I understand in the word, that ain't okay. I'm not even going to go into detail with all that. But some of us, we co-signing stuff that, that the world is, 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 is endorsing and it ain't all right. What does it mean to live? Habakkuk said the just shall live by faith the prideful have a misconception of what it means to live to them to live means to have as much power as you can to dominate others as much as power as much as possible to oppress others as much as possible to accumulate as much stuff and be as greedy greed that means to live to have more stuff more wealth more power more that's that's not life the just however understand life's meaning because they get it from the one who created life in the first place let me share with you a couple, of, a couple of interpretations of life based on people who, who gave us something in, in the word of God. The preacher in Ecclesiastes said to live means to obey God and keep his commandments. That's what it means to live. Another proverbial writer would say the power of death and life is in your tongue. Watch your mouth. It impacts how you live. Job's wife, Job's wife uh, uh, must have thought that there's no point in living if God allows you to lose everything. Ain't no point in living. Ain't no point in trusting God. Ain't no point in worshiping God once you lose everything. Y'all remember when Job lost everything? All of his kids, all of his wealth, all of his wealth. His wife told him, you might as well just curse God and die. How many husbands would just love to hear your wife tell you, you might as well just go and curse God and just die? Oh, my back. Oh, here you go again. Now it's your back. Ah, the other day it was your foot. Then it was your knees. Then it was your neck. Then it was your back and your knees and your neck. You just need to curse God and die. 
I don't know how many husbands would say, babe, you know what? You're right. Brother will all of a sudden straighten up. I ain't going nowhere. I don't know who you. They ain't coming up here taking my place. No, I ain't going nowhere. No. I feel better. I feel better. I feel better. You just need to go on and curse God and die. Job, what's Job's wife must have thought. If you lose everything, all your health, your money, your kids, your family, everything, you're better off dead. And I think, I think some of us know some people who think like that. I've lost everything. There's no point in me living. You lose everything. You don't want to be here anymore. You lose, lose your health and your money and your family. Don't want to be here anymore. Listen, you can still live. God can still bless you. to li Listen, uh, uh, we, we can live with poor health. We can live with the money being gone. And if the truth is told with your faith in God, you can get some of that back now. You, can get, you may not be able to get all your kids back. You may not be able to get all that health back. You can get some of that back. Faith does move mountains. Job's wife must have thought, once you lose everything, ain't no point in being here no more. You might as well just die. Jesus raised the question, what does it profit a man or what does it, what does it profit someone to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Lose your soul. Now, let me say this and I'm done. Jonathan, I'm, 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 I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to slide it in. This, this, this is where we need to have a, a brief discussion on what, what does it mean to be just? What Habakkuk said and what the Apostle Paul said in the New Testament is kind of different. When Habakkuk says the just shall live by faith, he's just talking about people who, who, who trust God and their trust, their, their trust in God, their faith in God makes them faithful to God. They got a promise from God. They got a word from God. And no matter what things look like, no matter how bad things look, they're still, their faith in God is still intact. They've experienced faith fatigue. They got some questions. They're wondering how much longer. Why is it taking so long? God must not go and do I don't know. But they, they, they still, they're found faithful to him. The apostle Paul teaches us in the New Testament that to be just to be justified means that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and my sins have been washed away. That's what it means. That by faith in Jesus, I've never seen, we've all seen those pictures. We, I don't think he looked like that, right? I don't think he was, blonde, you know, white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes. I just, I don't think, my Jesus got brown skin and dreadlocks. That's what mine looked like. That's what mine looked like. I ain't seen him. I'm just saying, I think he has some color. People in that region in that time had color. Ain't never seen him, but I believe he came to earth. I ain't never seen him, but I believe he took nails in his hands. I ain't never seen him, but I believe he died on Calvary's cross on a Friday. I ain't never seen I wasn't there. I didn't see any, any pictures of it on Instagram, but I believe they pulled him off that cross, put him in the grave, and early Sunday, early, well, this part, I'm hot. Early Sunday morning. Just, just had to do it that way, just. Early Sunday morning, I believe he got up. And it's my faith in him doing that. My faith in him bleeding for my sins, atoning my sins. That my faith in him makes me just with God. It's a legal term the way Paul uses it. It's a legal term, which means you're guilty of sin and you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer the death that comes along with it because the wages of sin is death. 
That's why folk who ain't studying God, folks who don't know God, the prideful who have other gods that, they, that drive them, that, that push them, that give them the motivation that they, which with, with which they live, they're going to die. But the just shall live by faith. I don't have to die for my own sins. My faith in Jesus dying for me saves me from my own sins, and I live. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift because of my faith. So the just shall live by faith, but the just shall live by faith because one day all this is going to be over and judgment is coming. One day all of this is going to be over. All of this stuff is going to be over and all of our works, all of our motivations, all the stuff we did, all of our excuses going to be burned in the fire. All of our excuses, every, every sin we justified, every sin we, we tried to make legit, all of that going to burn in the fire. Because one day all this is going to be over, all this is going to end. All of it is going to end. And then who's going to live then? Now that's life. Paul put it this way, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ, to live for him, to live to become like him, to live to trust the father like him. Even when they put nails in his hands, even when they put nails in your feet, even when they're humiliating you, you still know there's an end to all of this. There's an end to this humiliation. There's an end. You're going to be raised from the grave, ascend to the father, but one day he's coming back. He's coming back. Some of us may not survive. Some, some among us may not survive his return. Some of us may not survive the judgment because those of us who ain't studying him, death awaits. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So I'm closing with this. The just shall live by faith. Whatever he said, I want you to see him as too, too faithful to lie, too too righteous to lie. Yeah, he, he, his righteousness, you, you question why he, he, in his righteousness, why does he allow so much sin? Why does he allow so much evil? But man, when you look at how much of your own, how much of our own evil and sin and wickedness that he allows, we got to understand that God is a merciful God. And we got to trust him to be merciful. We have to trust him to honor his word. He's faithful. But at the same time, when all of this is over, because, because we've trusted him for our salvation, we shall live. We shall live. Because of our faith, not because of our church attendance, not because of how many sermons we preach, not because of how many Bible study lessons you taught, not because of how many old ladies you helped across the street. It's your faith. It's a faith that makes you faithful. That in the end, I want to be found living for him. In the end, I want to be found serving him. In the end, I want to be found more like him than I was when he first saved me. It's a faith that makes you faithful. Amen. So be encouraged. Even though you haven't seen it yet, be encouraged. And trust our trustworthy God to do what he said he's going to do. Be encouraged. Live by faith. That's what we do. Would you stand with me? I... Amen. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. 
If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.